I hate to even say Kanye's name, because as far as I'm concerned, he is an atrocity. 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 I'm sorry. Let me get my language in order. Hello, this is the Acromatic Podcast uh, with your host with the most, Jay Ham. And no Brian today, but instead I decided to pick up Trisha Jackson. Okay, you didn't have to give your whole name. I'm oh, sorry. Uh, you could have just said your mom called it a day. I'm mom. My mom. And I'm calling it a day. All right, that's it. Uh, we're closing the episode. She's called it a day. Thank you. <laughs> So uh, I came up to visit her and decided now would be a good time to maybe talk about some topical things since uh, she has kind of hopped into the uh, political world most of my life anyway. And um, now let's see where I've come since she's brought me into this. So we're going to talk about some, uh, some Kay Harris and some Joe Biden. And, uh, and of course, uh, you know, the man, the myth, the legend, Kanye West, the man who uh, stole my style back in the day, you know, not to toot my own horn. Why are we even talking about him? I forget why, actually. I put it I on my notes. I don't even, like, why? Well, for one thing, if we're going to talk about him, we need you, I need you to face towards the microphone and the computer. You, can't, you can't I'm be not looking good away at stoically. these things, but I'm going to do it this time, just for you, Jay. I also need you to level your voice. <laughs> okay. You can't be moving octaves. The voice is level now. One channel. Now, um, Mom, would you like to introduce yourself? I uh, am Mom. Freesha. Yeah. Um, you know, a little I, about yourself, you know? Oh, well, first, I birthed the legend that we all know as Jay. All right, hold on. Let's let's put a pin on this, okay? I, I boost myself up. I don't know. That's that's my thing. You don't have to boost me up. You oh. can boost yourself up. Well, I I'm can, gonna boost myself. But by me boosting him, then I also boost myself. So as a result of that, um, I birth the legend that we know as Jay. Let me see. I am. Um, I work in the pharmaceutical industry. I am. She's a drug dealer. <laughs> Actually, I work in the gene therapy industry, where we recreate genes. So, uh, stonewash, uh, dark, navy um, gene, no, cells, all denim. Genes and DNA and cells, genes that are inside your body. It's crazy, Mom. I didn't know you went to school for that kind of thing. I did not. Oh, yeah. I thought you went for business. <laughs> <laughs> I did. It is amazing how it changes. Amazing how your degree doesn't matter. Your degree does matter because for the fact that you have your degree on that resume, which is your calling card, that resume slash calling card is what will get you in the door. I meant as far as what you do, got to do your degree in for the most part. Well, it does help. All right. I didn't want to get into this. <laughs> so it helps significantly because for the fact that I went to school and I do have a master's degree. Yeah. I am able to manage a group of people that write all the technical documents, uh -huh. that write all of our standard operation procedures, that write all the investigations. Now, at what point do you sell the genes and the drugs? I don't. There's oh. other people that do Oh, you that. got pushers. Is that what you're saying? Oh, there you go. See? 
Um, <laughs> anyway. What are your political affiliations? I am a Democrat. Are you a Democrat or are you a leftist, a liberal? Just a Democrat. Do you just consider yourself a Democrat? I just consider myself a Democrat. But I will admit there have been a few times in history where I have voted Republican. I didn't know this. But not in a presidential election. Uh, Very seldom for Congress. There has only been one congressman that I voted for that was a Republican. Okay. I worked on his campaign when I was in high school, but I had to write him a strongly worded letter to know how disappointed I was and what he had been doing since for the time that he's been in Congress. And that had I known when I worked on his campaign all those years ago, that he was not going to be supporting the things that I felt like he should have been supporting, mm. we would not have been working on his campaign. You took the right action. I absolutely did. And I believe that if you're not doing what I feel like you should have done in order to actually work for your constituents versus working for lobbyists on C Street, um, well, you have lobbyists here that are on C Street and K Street in D.C., so instead of them working for the lobbyists, they should be working for us. And I'm like, okay, so my taxpayer money is only paying for a portion of your bill. And the lobbyist is paying for the rest of your bill, which is why most politicians come in not having any money, but they leave being millionaires. Except for Joe Biden. Did you know that President Obama had to help him to save his home after he had um, remortgaged it when Bo was sick? When his son was sick, yeah, he remortgaged his house, his home mm-hmm. to help with all of his medical bills before he died. And President Obama helped him out with that. Sounds like a failure of the American healthcare system is what it sounds like Well, to it me. definitely is a failure. Of Mar- <laughs> no, don't get me started on that. So let me give you an example of me and the American healthcare system. So I'm sitting in the doctor's office with all these people that have had significant illnesses and they want to trash Obamacare. So let me back up from that for a moment. I'm at the doctor's office and they tell me, oh, we have to take your picture because of Obamacare. Obamacare means that we have to take your picture now. And I'm like, well, that would be the case if Obamacare had actually started, which it is not started yet. They just approved it. So A, you're not telling the truth on that. B, it is not called Obamacare. It is called the Affordable Health Care Act. Wait, wait. Are you saying... Wait, so which do you support the Affordable Health Care or do you support Obamacare? Well, it would be different if they weren't one and the same. Oh, you're blowing my mind. No, right I, now. I thought they were, I thought you know, Obamacare was communism and I thought the Affordable Care was everybody loves making the America Affordable great. Care Act. It, it is. So everybody loves the Affordable Health Care Act, but nobody can stand Obamacare. But I guess I'm not going to say everybody, but there's a lot of people that do not realize that it is one and the same. Obamacare is just, you know, the nickname for it because it was enacted when he was in office. <laughs> I didn't think you were going to say nickname. <laughs> <laughs> Which, that and I and I there was going to end it in a different in a G. <laughs> so anyway, continue your story about you and so the bomb care. I tell the lady, I don't appreciate that sign on the door. Because you are perpetuating hate for uh, something that's supposed to help other people out. And she was like, well, that is the case. Do you like the Affordable Health Care Act? You and whomever else in here to actually do your research before you put things like that on your board. And then you try to spew hate for the other person for 
for this particular president. And I said, and as your patient and as your customer, I expect for that sign to be taken down. She took it down. Now, was this in Ohio or is this in Alabama? Oh, no, this is in Alabama. Now, when they were working on the act and I was living in Ohio at that time, mm-hmm. I wrote the congressman. In Ohio? <laughs> yes, in Ohio. So you can't even vote in Ohio. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it does. You're not technically his constituent. It didn't matter. I was living in Ohio. Okay. Therefore, he got a letter and the one in Michigan got a letter too. Of course. You're still voting in Michigan. Absolutely. I believe you must put the pen to the paper. So, and when you write them, you cannot just send them an email. You have to get something that looks like stationery so they'll actually open it. So then they think that you're really sending them something nice when really you're sending them a letter talking about their lack you're of character. A foot. <laughs> you're sending a foot up some tails is what um, you're saying. No, I would like to call it, I'm questioning your character while you're in office and what your motives are. That would be the political way of me putting it. What, the PC way? The PC way. I don't know if that's PC. Instead of me saying... The PC way is to not make it political at all. Well, that's true, too. I mean, we're talking about people's health. So I write them the letter, and this is after coming out of automotive. Everybody losing their job. They're telling me that I can't get insurance. Thankfully, Jalen was covered, but I couldn't have insurance. And he was a kid at the time. And so I wrote them and I told them I did everything that you said I was supposed to do per the American dream. You're supposed to go to school, get an education, have a good job. The economy tanked. And now you're telling me that I don't have the right to insurance because, you know, everybody's getting it. That's on Medicaid and Medicare and everything else, which are two totally separate programs. So when I write him this letter and I tell him this, he writes me back and tells me I don't understand all the components of the bill. And so I and that there's all this bureaucracy and all this other stuff. So I wrote him back and told him the bureaucracy is within your court because I actually read the bill and I know what different things I need that are within that bill. I'm not saying that there's not room for improvement. That's why we have continuous improvement and operational excellence. We continuously improve things. That's the reason why they're still there. You take a law, you make it better, you make it better, you make it better. You know, so. I was, I'm thinking to myself, you think that you can come back to me with this red tape and I'm not going to write you back. So he got another letter <laughs> after that. Finally, he stopped responding, <laughs> which is fine. But I just wanted him to know my name and know you are not going to come to me with this bureaucracy and think that I'm not going to call you out for it because you work for me, even if I don't vote in this county. So this was Ohio, man. This was Ohio. Okay. Yeah. Michigan yeah. never responded. <laughs> which is why I had to write him later on. After you worked on his campaign? Is that the campaign? Well, I didn't, yeah. Yep, it was after That's that. Tragic. But he did give me tickets to the inauguration, and I had great seats mm. to go see Obama because nobody in that particular county in Midland wanted, wanted to go to, go. to, to the inauguration. <laughs> that was 2008 then? No, I went in 2000. I went to the 2013 I thought you went to 2008. Oh, no, we saw that on TV. Yeah, we saw it on TV. Oh, yeah, she pulled me out of school sure did. to go watch it at the Absolutely. house. Absolutely. We watched it at school anyway, but I didn't get to watch it with everybody else. No, he didn't have to come watch it with me. I know. Because we did a voter registration drive. Oh, yeah. With Jack and Jill, in case you wondered how bourgeois I was. <laughs> Could you look down, please? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the, the acromaticy was bleeding out of me, I guess. Yes. <laughs> so, um, anyway, that was a long tangent that I wasn't planning on. But so how long have you been a Democrat, mom? Your whole 
voting career. My except entire a few voting times career, you didn't. except for the couple times. Or when there's not a Democrat on the ticket for me to vote for. Now, would you have voted for Bernie Sanders? Had no. he been the... No? And I'm going to tell you why. Now, I do like his education platform. So I understand why a lot of people are enjoy that. But my problem is I don't have a problem with Bernie in general. But everybody's upset because Bernie couldn't run under a Democratic ticket. But he's not a Democrat. He's an independent that was running on the, de- on the Democratic ticket. So, yeah. of course, the Democrats are going to go towards somebody that they consider to be a Democrat. Okay. Now, do I agree with his politics? Yes. Do I think that he could do the job? Of course he can. Any If Trump can do it, anybody, I'm not even going to say his name. If 45 can do it, hell, I can do it. So, <laughs> I mean, except for they would, you know, say a bunch of disparaging comments about me because I'm a woman. And there seems to be a problem. Every time a woman wants to go into office, they want to talk about it. Oh, wait, hold on. Where are you going? Oh, no, wait, wait. You're, you're going too far off. We're not, even okay. up, we're not even on Kamala Harris yet. I know that's what you're bringing it up for. No, yeah. no. I'm just talking about in general. Let's save that rage, though. The only one that they could have talked about was Sarah Palin because I just don't think that she was very smart. Well, I'm not going to battle you on that. <laughs> you know, actually, the person that played her on Saturday Night Live did a better job than Sarah Palin did. Who was that? Tina Fey. Oh. Yeah. She won Emmy for that. And Lisa Ann did a pretty good job, too. Yeah. <laughs> <Lisa Ann. laughs> anyway. Who's um, Lisa Ann? You, you know, not important. Okay. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to have to look this up. I'm going to have to Google no, Lisa Ann. you shouldn't. Okay, I won't. I've lost my place, though. <laughs> so, um, oh, uh, so would you... Would you say that maybe Bernie would run under the Democrats because, you know, it's the party of progress, so yes. to speak? So maybe it is the right place to further push a more extreme progress instead of kind of the stifled corporate version that we kind of have? Yeah, I mean, I think time. that he brought, he definitely brought a different perspective and a different light to it, which is why I do support him. He just was not, I was looking for somebody that I knew, well, if we go to Hillary and Bernie, I've always been a fan of the Clintons. A lot of people want to say all these different things about the Clintons. She's a huge Bill fan. I'm a huge Bill fan. I don't, I do care what happened, you know, in his transgressions slightly. Are you talking about him cheating? Yes. I don't care about that. The only reason I care does. about that is because I know that it hurt a lot. Of, it hurt the wife and it hurt the person that he was allegedly having his relationship with. That's true. So, but I mean, that's just a woman thing, right? It's not. It's a personal. But thing. it's not. It, but to me, as I told the people when all that was happening, we were living in Michigan at the time. If you were at the biggest church in Detroit, and somebody like say Word of Faith or something like that, something that had like five, ten thousand members in it. There's one of those mega churches. And somebody came up to you in that mega church and said, you were sleeping with sister such and such. Would you be like, no, I didn't sleep with her? Or would you admit it right then? 
I can be perfectly honest with you. I probably would have said, I don't know what you're talking about. Mm. And then I would have went and talked to my spouse and been like, hey, <laughs> you know, let me, let me tell you what had happened was, you know, what had happened was this, that, and the third. And as a result, we may have a situation because some stuff may be getting ready to come out or has already came out and then tried to work through it because you know he caught all types of hell as a result of that at the house because she was publicly embarrassed. Oh, yeah. So I've had women that have said to me she they didn't like how Hillary went after the woman. Well, here's the thing. She's in a public office A. She's public face to everybody. She's embarrassed in front of the entire world. And how do you ex- her defenses came up she had a natural reaction as a woman because this is what we do if we're going to stand by some somebody we're loyal we are going to say something there's plenty of women whose husbands have done things that they are still with their husbands to this day there's plenty of men whose wives have done things and they're still with them to this day so why are we holding bill's transgressions in the bedroom against Hillary to me when it came down to voting for Hillary it was because she is an ex she she actually cares about people she cares about the things that could happen in this country and for those reasons and those reasons alone and she spoke my language as far as politics go no not just because she's Hillary and not just because she was Bill's she's wife she's way more than that she's way more than that I mean, her resume is impressive. If you look at the things that she's done, who doesn't make mistakes? There's not one person in this world that can live in a glass house because if a stone came, it would put a crack in it. Everybody (laughs) has made mistakes. Not 45. Well, 45. (laughs) His whole house should have shattered like 50 million times all the daggone lies. See, here's the thing. Here's the thing. His house never had windows to begin with. That's why you can't break it because there's never windows. It doesn't look like it. it. Right. He's all an illusion. And his illusion is beautiful. It's just it's magnificent. Most, it's the most magnificent. Oh, everything's magnificent. Sorry, enough of these bad Trump impressions. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry, 45 <laughs> impressions. 45. Uh, let's move into uh, Kanye West. Um, Brian's not here to uh, for me to, I guess, kind of rub this in his face that I said uh, to uh, come back to something I said before. But So Kanye West admitted that um, he only ran for president or acted like he was to uh pull votes away from joe biden and um i said that was the case i'm, I'm proud to say that i was right he was right uh, i'm not surprised which i knew that was gonna be the case i think you and i had discussed it right yeah yeah i told you about it way before i even released the episode mm. but it's not surprising he's been hanging out he hung out with 45 a lot but you know let him let him tell it I'm trying, I, I, I hate to even say Kanye's name, because as far as I'm concerned, he is an atrocity. Atrocity. Atrocity, I'm sorry. Let me get my language in order to the race at this moment in time, because here's the thing I have with him. If you like 45, that's on you. I don't have a problem with it. You go out there, you make these statements, and it's all for publicity, because you're you know, you're trying to sell your clothes, you're trying to sell your shoes, you know, everybody's looking to see what you're doing next. You, he is part of the problem of dumbing down America. And then for the fact that you have, after you get out there and you say, 
I'm not going to be used by the Republican Party anymore. Yeah. Remember when he said that? Yes, yeah, when I'm, he said Candace Owens, I like the way she thinks. And then they immediately turned him into, yeah. a, I don't not a martyr, but he was their guinea pig. I don't know what Exactly, and he finally recognized it for the first, you know, so he decided to make a few changes. I mean, for all the 15 minutes, correct? It was, I mean, it, it was a good 15 minutes because we didn't hear too much out of him. And then next thing you know, He's having all these secret meetings with Kushner every single day, which Jared is. Oh, then we don't even want to get started on him. Watch Dirty Money, because there's a whole episode about his dirty money as far as how he um, makes his money for rent off of late charges that truly are not late. But anywho, another crook. They made $36 million this year. So now he's having all these meetings with Jared. And the whole plan is to split the black vote. Obviously. <laughs> Duh. We in all already knew that was going to happen. Mind. If you have any, if you pay any close attention to anything, you would already know this. And, you know, they're counting on the fact that young African-American, which they don't call us African-Americans, they call us other names, would <laughs> urbans yeah well the blacks <laughs> <laughs> right my black over there all my blacks over there will come over there and then they will begin to vote for kanye what have the democrats done for the blacks what have the democrats done for the blacks you like, know uh, i like the word blacks instead of african-americans just i like african-americans but either way it goes so their thought is that by doing this that we are so stupid as a race that we will all begin to vote for um, Kanye leaving the Democratic Party with nobody to go over there and do that. What he fails to realize is that those people that may vote for Kanye may be people that aren't going to vote anyway. Uh, they also feel that he has lost a lot of social capital in the black community. I mean, they listen, well, a lot, a lot of people still listen to his music on the low, mm-hmm. but nobody was going to go out and campaign for that man for one thing. Well, see, what he did though is that he showed up at, um, Howard's homecoming or something. Oh yeah, that Sunday service thing. Yeah, he did Sunday service. He just showed up and did it in the courtyard here at Howard. But see, he did it at Howard University. And what school did Kamala go to? Kamala. Howard, is that where? She went to Howard University. She went to H2 and HBCU. So who are they going to go for? Are they going to go for you who's lost your mind because you married a, married a Kardashian? Mm. Or are they going to go for somebody that has you know, yeah, he's a billionaire, but if they're going to go for the intelligence, I like to think the experience. I think that Howard is, um, one of our most elite HBCUs, you know, and there's a lot of great people that came from there. There's a lot of great artists. There's a lot of great politicians. There's a lot of great lawyers, doctors, um, and everything. So, I believe that they probably would not appreciate the fact that people are trying to make them out to be so simple. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. Actually, I don't hate to say it, but that's definitely why conservatives will mostly never get a majority of the black vote. Because whether or not they, uh, they think it's true or not, they look down upon us. I mean, they try to pin that on Democrats. I'm sure there are Democrats that think that way, but the Republicans kind of run on that as a party. Well, and so here's the thing. The history of the Democratic Party before Kennedy was a history of being, they were the party that is like how the Republicans are now. So the Democratic, the Democratic 
the Democratic Party back then was the Jim Crow Party. You know, that's the George Wallace. That was all them. Now, when Nixon came along, they all switched over to the Republicans became that party, and yeah. it's been going downhill since. Southern then. strategy. Right. The Southern strategy is what changed all of that. Democrats so. started leaning slightly more towards trying to get votes of the black people who could now vote in more areas. And then Republicans were kind of. Well, Nixon was like, well, there's a lot of people who feel kind of disenfranchised, so let's see if we can pick them all up. We don't really need a black vote anyway. And that's when they started, uh, I mean, that's kind of when like Welfare Queen, things like that kind of started popping up, I think. Welfare Queen was Reagan. Was that Reagan? Reagan said Welfare, I welfare know, Queen. Because Nixon, there was a statement that Nixon, or something. He was the Southern strategy, was Nixon. But he, he said some things about people on welfare. Well, he you started know, that. he did. But, you know, there's not too much that Nixon can say, because he's a crook, and his um, he's the only person that has somebody in his cabinet that started. Spiro Agnew was the his VP, and his VP res- resigned one minute, and the next minute he was a felon because of all of his corruption. He was, they call him the bag man. People are actually bringing him the money. The bag man. Yeah, they were actually <laughs> bringing him money into the White House. Every single, or because for all of the contracts that he was giving to people in Maryland, because he used to be the, um, he was the Baltimore County Executive, and then I think he may have been Governor of Maryland for a while before he became um, the VP. So he actually was shaking down contractors in order for them to get contracts to build things in Maryland, and they would bring him money into the White House, or into the to his offices in the White House in the basement. So that's why he ended up. So the whole administration was correct. That's why you see so many references to 45 and Nixon and Agnew because it was the same thing. The media, you know, the media is after us and, (laughs) you know, and all this other stuff. But, you know, I will say 45 has taken it to a whole nother level now with this... um, Male. I was male thing? Yes. But let's get back to Kanye. I mean, I don't really have anything else to say about it. Well, actually, yeah. Uh, a pi- then we talk I saw him. something or saying that maybe he'll get uh, charged with, what is it, uh, campaign fraud or something. It's like something for cam- campaign fraud. Tax evasion, campaign fraud. Yeah. So, I don't know. Some I think it's called campaign fraud. But I am I hope he gets convicted. Or he gets charged. Kanye? Anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want him to get convicted. He needs to get him out of here. I mean, I like his music for the most part, I guess. Yeah, but everybody likes R. Kelly's music, too, and look at that. Yeah, I had to do the, to delete a post about going to an R. Kelly concert <laughs> on <laughs> Facebook. Yeah, but that was how many years ago? I don't know, man. I don't have any incriminating tweets or anything, but that was the one thing. I was like, yeah, maybe I should get rid of this. It's like 10 years ago. It's not the point. <laughs> I don't pee on people. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, no, I think you should get it. Get them out. Uh, I think that'll set that'll set a good precedent on um, Trump's stupid tactics, pretty much. Well, the only thing, the only time if he gets any votes, he's on the ballot, I think, in the state of Oklahoma. They're trying to get him on in Wisconsin. The Republican Wisconsin. lawyers are actually helping him to do this. Well, here's the thing. What they don't know is that the people who like Kanye now, the people who would actually vote for him are the young uh, 
Gen Z kids who are following like that Turning Point USA and like Candace Owens, mm-hmm. they think he's a he's a radical free thinker and stuff. They're the ones who would vote for him, but they would also be the ones who would vote for Trump. So they're really shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Good point, Jay. Well, I'm done with Kanye. I don't really have anything to say about it. Well, you know, he should have been over before we even started. I guess. Mm. I just wish his uh, his uh, presidential bid was, was better than it is, you know? I remember when he announced it. I mean, I thought it was stupid then, but... Look, and then, oh my gosh, once again, it's like him crying on stage. He's up there crying in his convention. So really, we want to give him the nuclear codes. Nobody wants to. We want to give him the nuclear codes. You're over there crying about... We are, I mean, how are you going to embarrass your wife and your kids? How, oh, imagine how, yeah, you're going to sit over there going on and on about this abortion and your daughter is here. So how do you think that makes, will make her feel later on down the line when she's older and somebody says, yeah, your dad said that they wanted to abort you because kids are cruel. Yeah. So how was that going to make her feel? Yeah, they're in their little Kardashian bubble right now. But at some point in time, that boo has to go to school. She's gonna get it anyway. She's she gonna is a get Kardashian, it. So well, they're gonna they get it. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, your mom, your mom got famous off a uh, off a very bad sex tape, mind you. The golden shower. You ever seen that? You ever seen that sex tape? No, it's I didn't. trash. No, nah, but did not want to see. Ray J's a terrible that. cameraman. <laughs> he kept putting his face in. <laughs> he keep flipping the camera back like yeah. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. So uh, Joe Biden. The yes. man who uh, who is being attacked by Kanye West. What do you like about Joe? Actually, no, wait. I have a better question. His statement. You got more questions, but I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't blind. You ain't blind. So I feel like he meant that towards the person that was interviewing him at that point in time because that particular person um, has, a, has... He's very good at... Um, igniting people yeah and that that's part of his charm to be honest with you yeah i don't i never listen to the breakfast club you know i'm not not because i just don't even know where it comes on at i i read i've heard some of the things that you know his that he's came up with he actually is a very good interviewer so i give him a shout out for that and he did say something the other day that he said where he said that he supports Biden, that Biden and Harris. Yeah, he's a very staunch follower of yeah. Kamala. Kamala is how Kamala she likes to say. So, um, even though that statement was made, and I feel like Joe, you know, just like he said about when Obamacare came out, it was a big effing deal. Yeah. He just said, he just said what any human would say when you've gotten frustrated with somebody that just keeps on coming at you with stuff. Um, and to be honest with you, there's a lot of people that were all worked up about that. And I was just like, well, I kind of feel what he's saying on that because why would you support the guy that calls you your black over there? You're my black over there. You see my blacks over here? You know, somebody that didn't even want you living in certain buildings, you know, to where the where um, they had to sue him and his father. Somebody who's a crook, who's a thief, who thinks that they can, who's misogynistic, who has raped, you know, 25 sexual assault charges against him, you know, who hangs out with Jeffrey Epstein on a regular mm. basis, thinks that uh, Giselle Maxwell is a very fine woman and he hopes that she's doing well. You know, you're going to say all these different things 
about Biden because he made that one statement, but you're going to support this guy who says that Black Lives Matter is a, is a domestic, domestic yeah. terrorism. If you go to the White House right now, there's a fence around there because he's because Bunker Boy is so scared right now. Every time I pass by the White House, I'm just like this fool. I mean, they all of Lafayette Park is covered with the black fence. You can't even, you used to be able to get behind the White House. You can't even get back there anymore because he's so scared because of the things that he's done. In fact, I heard that he only really eats McDonald's and Kentucky Fried Chicken. So he has people go and order this for him all the time because you know most of the staff at the White House is black. He doesn't want them cooking for him because he's scared. So, I mean, you take all those type of things into account and you look at what we're dealing with. You look at who we're dealing with and you then you have to say, I'm so insulted that Joe said this. Well, to me, it's, a, it's an obvious choice. Why would I support this man who has the only thing that I can say that I can appreciate about him is how he has been able to get away with paying no taxes. I wish he could teach me that strategy. That's the only thing I want for him so that I can stop having to pay. Claiming as like much. seven bankrupts, right. I think is how he did it. Yeah, but I'm just saying, that is yeah. the only thing. And he's a great marketer. He is great at marketing. His He has branded his name all over the place. Now, he's an awful businessman, but he, I mean, he knows how to brand his name. So I'll give him that. You know, you hear Trump, and people used to talk about it. You know, I'm aging myself, but in all the, the whole rap game back in the 80s and 90s, it was all about, you know, yeah. having riches like Trump and, you know, the whole image of being a Trump. Mm-hmm. You know, so I get it. And it was so funny because when I went to Vegas a few, prior to COVID, <laughs> I was doing a timeshare thing, and they asked me, well, do you want to stay at Trump Tower? And I said, hell no, I don't want to stay at Trump Tower. I said, I support nothing with this man's name. You couldn't get me to buy anything that had Trump's name on it back in the day or even prior to this. They said that the occupancy is down to 30% because people are scared to stay there, thinking that some, some danger may come to them or the fact that they don't want to put any additional money in his pocket because he is not out for the people and everything else. And then he just showed it about his lack of attention to COVID. Yeah, so as far as that interview went, since we've gone off... I know, I'm so sorry. (laughs) So um, in in defense of the interview and what uh, Joe Biden said, as far as I'm concerned, everything, what he was saying was 100% true. Mm -hmm. Because like uh, my mom was saying, he's speaking to Charlemagne the God his whole thing is what are you doing for black people that was most right. of the interview honestly and whether or not you agree with uh how joe biden feels about how his policies or whatever have affected black people it was pretty clear in his mind that everything he said was a positive for black people i mean mm-hmm. even he even considered the crime bill to be positive because i think it helped lower crime in black neighborhoods or something like well, that which it did you know but that's what happens when people of the black race go and ask white politicians to put bills in place to help reduce crime in their areas and now you want to cry wolf Mm -hmm. because people are going to jail on the third strike for a minor weed charge but your other two charges were assault with a deadly (laughs) weapon 
<laughs> or armed robbery. And now your third strike is weed. And you're pissed off that you're about to spend the rest of your life in jail. No, nah, I'm going to disagree with you on that. If you, if your third, well, first off, then you need to decriminalize weed anyway. Well, this is. I don't think that's a worthy thing to get it a third is strike not, on. But back in the day, prior to it being legal everywhere. Yeah. This is what the cases were. Yeah. Now that is legal in these states that have that, mm-hmm. then they should go back and relook at those cases and potentially let them out. But there's a guy in Louisiana that's in prison right now for life for stealing with some hedge clippers. Yeah. And they won't let him out. And he's and he's in there for life for that. So he, uh, yeah, he appealed it. And uh, the Supreme Court, I think it was, there were five of them, I think. Mm-hmm. Four of them were pretty much said, well, look at his record. He stole things before this, so he deserves this. Then the other person said, no, take him out. But to think that just because you stole, you had a past of stealing things that you deserve to be in prison is honestly cruel and unusual. It seems very unconstitutional. But I don't know where I'm going with this. Never mind. Well, I can tell you where I think you're going with this, that you need to look at each case as individually instead of looking at everything that you've done in the past because the reason for the whole prison system is to potentially reform somebody. Yeah. So if you truly believe that the prisons are for reforming instead of continuously sending people back, then you should let the person go. But if you are in there for a whole nother thing, because maybe because the prisons are privatized and you're, the judges are getting kickbacks mm. under those circumstances, then I understand why you're trying to leave the person in prison because you need that continuous loop of people going in there so you can continue to keep your pockets fat and you driving Bentley while everybody else is over here driving. Um, so everybody else is paying for that by paying for the prison. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, yeah, I think Joe Biden was in the right when he said what he said. I do, too. And to be honest with you, as I said to people when they were all up in a roar about it, I said, this man sat underneath the first black president for eight years as a VP. Out of it. And he knows everything that President Obama was going through for those eight years Yeah. as a VP. Do you know how hard it is for a white male of his age group to sit back there and they supported each other the entire time. Can you imagine how his cronies probably gave him the business and he had to tell them to go, you know, go to go do something with themselves? <laughs> I'm trying to say that very nicely. So I just kind of feel like you're um, saying he's down. Yeah, he is. You believe that he's down. I mean, have you ever seen join his Ray Bands? No. Yeah, his Ray Bans are pretty cool. Him and up, him and President Obama, they got this swagger amongst the two of them. I'm just like, all right, all right now, go ahead, Joe. Don't give me that look. Um. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Ray Bans. That means nothing. <laughs> so, do you think he's senile? No. Uh, I don't know. He's a little off, but I mean, I, I wouldn't say he's more off than 45. Well, so. let me put it to you about 45. 45 did pass that test for dementia. Did Joe Biden? Yeah. But 45's test for dementia was like, is it three o'clock or is it five (laughs) o'clock? I saw the test. It was pretty, uh, it was pretty easy. Exactly. It was very easy. But I, um, what I will say is that anybody that is within that age group, you know, anytime, as much information as we have coming to ourselves on a daily basis, our brains are on overload. 
So anybody that has that amount of information and all the different things that he's done and everything else. I mean, I just think I have to write things down because I forget things now. Not because my I don't think my mind is brilliant. Because it is. Oh, I was I was waiting for you to finish. I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> but because um, you just go into information overload. Everything is so fast paced and happening so quickly that you have to people are looking at you crazy because you take a step back and you have to think about what you say. At least he takes a step back and he's like, sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes and then he might just say something and he has an oh, sugar oh, honey, an oh, sugar honey iced tea moment, right? So... No, his advisors do. He, I don't think he realizes it. Yeah, but the same thing happens with 45. Uh, he just has diarrhea of the mouth. Yeah, he does. I had to call Brian when he, uh, so he's a good speaker. I was like, actually, no, he actually, he really isn't a good speaker unless he's talking about himself. That's the only time because if you notice, he literally shuff, he will not use a teleprompter, which he needs to use one because I think the words may move too quickly for him because when he's giving speeches, he's flipping papers and you can tell he loses his spot then he goes back to it and does it all over again. So dude needs a public speaking class. I mean, I could Toastmaster him for real, because I used to be a Toastmaster. And here comes that degree. Hmm? So here comes that degree. Oh, there we go. Either way it goes, he there is a lot of work that he could do on his speaking abilities. Oh, let's Joe Biden, not on Joe Biden. It's so hard. <laughs> okay, go ahead. I was always, I mean, I don't have anything else to say about Joe Biden. Okay, I'm, so I'm I do support contempt. Joe. And I honestly, I called this race last year when I said, I think that the ticket is going to be. And I said this when he first started running or right before he announced his, his run. I said, the best ticket is going to be him and Harris. When did you say that? I said that last year. All right. Yeah, I said that. Um, Can't cooperate that, but I'll, I'll believe you. Mm-hmm. There's a few people that they were like, you said it. Yeah, I did. Well, since... uh. Harris, let's let's hop in the, to Kay Harris. You uh, you happy? I am happy. I'm very happy. Really, I heard she's a cop lover. I don't care That's about that. That's what people that. be saying. Here's the thing: if you do the crime, you gotta do the time. I'm not saying you have to. There's plenty of people that get away with it. But I mean, we all know that there is institutional racism. Yeah. We all know that the system is not set up for us. She did not create that system. She just worked within it. There's a lot of good things. See, we're not talking about the good things that she's done. I will admit, I have not researched all of it to the extent that I would like to. But one thing I do know is that when people are talking about, oh, she's put all these black men in jail. She's put 43,000 black men in jail. She's put 45,000 white men in jail. So... I'm not saying that is major differences, but for everybody that says, and that's not all the cases she prosecuted. Those are the cases that were prosecuted within the state while she was under her. Under her. So these are not all of her cases, right? But people are going to blame her for this. I'm a little ashamed of some of the black men that are calling her all types of names. <laughs> Please be more specific. Why don't you? I'm kidding. Don't be more specific. I'm not going to be more specific because I'm not. I I, I find it very offensive. You know, anytime that there is a black woman that is successful, 
they always try to belittle us. You see it in TV movies, but they try to belittle us, have us out here acting crazy. This is why I don't watch reality TV. Mm, Because the reality TV shows you have a bunch of professional women. Next thing you know, they're throwing wine at each other, fighting at tables, can't get along. You got the whole crabs in the barrel mentality. You know, that's why all black people end up in slavery anyway. Crabs in the barrel mentality. You have people that went and they fought the tribe, Got we were sold. If you ever go to the um, Charles H. Wright Museum of African American History, Detroit in Detroit, shout out to that. I learned so much because they talked about how slavery, you know, for one black male, it was worth twelve forks to the tribe that, you know, delivered them to to the Euros to the Europeans. So. That crabs in in a barrel mentality still is part of the problem that we have now. And you see it in the workplace and everything else where, unfortunately, in some cases, you know, people don't like to support other people. And it's very unfortunate that it's that way, but it's just the reality that we live in. So I am very um, unhappy. Disheartened. It hurts my heart, actually, to see the comments that are coming from people about who she has sex with, who she didn't. And I'm like, so who did you have sex with that you shouldn't have? (laughs) Do we need to have that conversation? Probably not. You don't want to be thrown out. You don't want your business thrown out there like that. So yes, she's a public figure. But that does not necessarily mean that she cannot do the job because she had because she had a relationship with somebody. Well, a person's sex life is never, I mean, so long as it's not rape anyway, and that kind of thing. It's never necessary when speaking on their, I don't know, their political campaigns. You're just saying it. People are just saying it to do because it's so easy to discredit somebody by throwing their sexuality or who they sleep with into a conversation. But honestly, the only thing you're doing is discrediting their personal relationships that's 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 enough because voters are stupid that's what i'm saying it shouldn't it it really shouldn't be even a point to use but it's so easy to pull people with things like that for no reason now all these people that call themselves woke i'm like you need to wake up and stop acting like a crab in the barrel and stop trying to pull other people down you know be happy for people's accomplishments that may not be your path but it's somebody else's path. Know that, yes, they may not be able to fix every problem that's in the black community. Nobody can fix every problem that's in the black community. We all have to stand together to do these type of things in order to make things better. We have to begin to write letters to our politicians to get them to begin to put laws on the books that can begin to address the institutional racism that is in place. We can continue to go down this road time and time again, but if we don't follow up and close the loop and do and close all these gaps, we're going to continue to have these same problems. So, and this does not help the fact that we have the first African, well, I can't even say African American, Jamaican Indian American, who is a Black American and a Asian American woman, who has the potential to be the vice president. And the only thing that I'm seeing is a lot of people trying to tear that down. It's shameful. 
It is very shameful. I've gotten into it. Jalen has had to correct me a few times about getting into it with people on social media. She's not too savvy on online debates. <laughs> she, hasn't, she hasn't learned the new wave. You know, because I just go for the gusto like you were just ignorant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't work anymore. You <laughs> that, know, that works in person, not online. You know, and I'm just like, I just don't understand why people even think any portion of this is okay. I've really struggled with it. I've, my girlfriends and I talk about this, and it's just like, it's amazing. You know, I was called, I was told that I was a rambunctious woman, and it's all these ambitious women who are rambunctious that are just so hard to deal with. I wanted to go through my phone that particular day. Jalen had tucked me like off two the, days ago. Two days ago, he had to try to tuck me off the fence because, or tuck me off the cliff because I'm like, this is the problem in general. You know, why is it that if you're a woman and you have ambition, that you want to come and bring up all this dirt but we have a man in the white house right now that has paid strippers off so they wouldn't bring his business out he's admitted to cheating admitted in, in to books. cheating in books documented had just had the had just melania had just had the baby and he was already exactly. out there doing stuff you know just i mean he's just foul 45 is just foul and everybody you know if you're not saying anything about it and you're not trying to do something to get this man out of office, because not to include the fact, I don't know if everybody recognizes this, but everybody thinks, oh, he's doing a great job. He's trying, he signed these executive orders to be able to get us this extra money in the pay, which he oh, honestly, that was actually trash. It was trash. You're not getting any money. But the one of the reasons why the bill didn't pass was because he had put in $1.7 billion to rebuild the FBI building in D.C. into the uh, bill. McConnell, you know, cocaine mitt, not cocaine, Moscow Mitch, didn't even know about this. You know, as he's out here talking about the bill, he was extremely shocked because the FBI building is right across from Trump Hotel. So that stops them from building another hotel in that area, which means that that's more money in his pocket when he finally does leave office. Yes. So, yes, Kamala Harris. I'm sorry. Ugh. So um, I'm just going to give a small piece of the, what I find it to be important for black men specifically, more specifically black girls. Um, we've already had a black man in office. And that is definitely, I would say, regardless of how people talk about Obama now, it's given more life into a younger generation to see themselves in a better place you know it's not just the usual hip-hop or rapper and basketball player now you have somebody making who made a difference at least in their minds i mean made a difference in the country and, and a now, lot of young people that's the only president they've known yeah now you're gonna have a black woman in office i mean she's biracial but i mean as far as everybody's considered she's black one percent yeah and that's gonna that's gonna breathe. I mean, Michelle Obama did a lot of work in that job. in that light anyway. But this will just boost that even more. Mm -hmm. I love Michelle. You got two figures now. That's just gonna boost up the confidence of black girls everywhere. And that's huge because when we're in a world where it's so easy to tear us down, it's to have these people that are there to show that there's something different out there for you, even if you didn't start out with anything. I mean, when I went to go see Michelle Obama last year, um, 
with my girl Chastity. Shouts out to Chastity. We went to go see her in Austin. Um, it was just amazing. And if you read her book and you listen to her to find out that she's just like the rest of us, just like everybody else. And look at where she became, where she ended up at. President Obama was, you know, raised by a single mother. Like most black like children. Yes. And look at where he came to. Same with um, with Miss Harris. She was raised by a single mother. And look where she has got gotten to. You know, these are huge accomplishments. And, you know, this is something for every black little girl to look at and say, that could be me. And that's what we need that's for what black we girls. Need. Because, I mean, even within the black community, it's, it's there. there is a saying that I, I kind of didn't get initially but it's grown on me more it's that the black men are the white men of the black community do you get that no so you know how white men are portrayed as always oppressing people and they want to be in power and they'll take everybody else down yeah think of how black men treat black women think of uh what was it judge joe brown or whatever when they want to make harriet tubman on the 20 dollar bill yeah he said no they need to put a black man on the 20 dollar bill Harriet Tubman should be on a twenty dollar bill. But what about black men? I'm not saying the black. No, men. I'm saying this is what I'm saying. That's the mindset. Where, mm-hmm. whereas you know, when right. you think of like uh like racist, racist people. I mean, specifically in this specific case, a racist white man. Um, black Lives Matter. Well, hold up. What what about my life? I don't matter. Like Nobody that's that's the kind of mindset. That. Right, but the thing is, is just because we're pointing out that black lives matter does not necessarily mean that your life does not matter. That's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and it does not matter that it doesn't mean that blue lives don't matter also. No, it wait. just <laughs> you're going I'm not I'm not trying to make the black lives matter point. I'm explaining I'm using that yeah. to, to convey to you what but I'm saying. All lives matter. But right now we're focusing on black lives matter yeah. because what has been happening to black men and black women is awful. It is absolutely awful. You know, and just to think that they... I, we can't talk about this today. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's not on topic. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> My point is that there, there is definitely that... Uh, there is in, inbred misogyny within not all black men, but it is definitely within the two sides of the black community that, you know, you get your hoteps who believe that it's they believe more traditionally in like that that Christian values woman or the the traditional wife where they should be giving all their energy to the man and just follow submitting to him mm-hmm. is a kind of thing and that is kind of it kind of becomes apparent in these kind of situations like with uh, Kamala 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 Harris I'm sorry I keep messing up Kamala. her name Kamala Harris where it's you're you're tearing her down. For no reason but I mean it's probably because you just don't want to see said person in that in that position so I wonder if it would have been if he would have if Michelle Obama would have said I'll be your VP what would they have said about her you know when when President Obama was running she was the angry black woman and she said in her book how she had to really make sure that she did not have a certain look on her face and that she, she had the extra code she switch. had to she had to put in extra friendliness and everything else you know to ensure that people did not find her to be a threat or to have those type of things and that 
because they were trying to portray her in that image. She had to she had to take control of that image and show them something different. She had to control what her image was going to be instead of them trying to do the narrative. And that's what Senator Harris is going to have to do, soon to be Vice President Harris. She's going to have to take control of these things that she's saying and she's going to have to turn it around to a positive and tell them what she's going to do, not let them dictate what is going to happen with her. And that's with a lot of professional black women or people of color or whatever terminology you want to use. That is what we have to do. We have to dictate it. We cannot allow anybody to dictate it for us. We have to be on top of our game. We have to pay the tax. She has to pay the tax. She has to be sure that she's on top of it. And the, the good thing about all the stuff that's coming out about her is that it already came out when she was running for president to begin with. It came out when she was running for senator. Yeah. So all this stuff is Well, this old. birth, this birther movement. Well, <laughs> you know, we knew that he was going to... Let me tell you, the, the good thing about 45 is that he doesn't have anything new in his playbook. So everything that he's doing right now is the same stuff that he already did. It doesn't matter. You know, when it came to a woman and it's all showing up and, you know, I appreciate the fact as I'm watching the news that there's a lot of women that are standing up and saying, no, that's not the case. You know, you did this before. We see you. And that's all that they need to say. And then I like the fact that that the media in some instances have been put on notice to be to tell them, we know what you did the last time. We want to be sure that you're covering this properly, this go-around. We don't want to see the same thing that y'all did the last time by villainizing the woman. You know, so I can appreciate it. You know, at least people are more aware and they recognize it now and they're ready. I'm not going to, I'm going to say they're probably as ready for it as they can be because nobody likes to have their character attacked unnecessarily over some foolishness. No, definitely not. I stand, I strong stand against character assassinations. Right. But to add on to what you were saying, um, I mean, as you tell me, you know, you gotta, I have to pay, uh, what do you say, 120 now? You used to say no, 110. No, sir. You used to say 150. 110. It used to be 110. It's 150%. As I tell him, with my particular team, on their worst day, I expect for them to only, on their worst day, it should be 149%. But what I what I was saying was, <laughs> as a black person, you already have that you already it's already built into you that you have to put in the extra effort. But I mean, then when you're a black woman specifically, not only are you black, but you're also a woman because a woman. Yes, because so, it's hard for women in general that are yeah, that so, are managing or in higher positions or whatever else. Yeah, I didn't want to go all, all lives matter type, but it is. It is, it is across the board for women. Yes. Which is tragic, honestly. But, yeah, so she having Senator Harris in is definitely just a W all around, I think. Huge W. Yeah. I'm happy. I mean, I would have been happy with... I mean, I would have been happy with, uh, like, Stacey Abrams or... I don't even know who else there was, honestly. Susan Rice. Yeah, I heard he was, he was talking to the to the governor well. The reason of I knew, yeah, Governor, now Big Gretch. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did I tell you that? No. Oh, all right, no. go ahead. The Big Gretch, 
the way that they handled 45 when they came to Michigan and they yeah. let him know and called him a him and the uh, her and the attorney general acting like what was a perpetual child or a, pet, a petulant a petulant child which I mean to me just described him absolutely perfectly I was so proud that day I was like go ahead and get him and every time he came for her she she clapped back yeah. so I can appreciate her and I think that um, I've actually liked every woman governor that we've had from Michigan her and uh, Granholm Granholm I mean Jennifer I've only Granholm. ever known the two so I can't so well there's only been two but I oh, I, I do like them both more. so I just think in general that um, women are standing up Stacey Abrams would have been great but I think that you know, if she ends up having any type of position in the cabinet that can help with this voter stuff that's going on and to begin to make those policy changes for that, that would be magnificent, even if she becomes a senator or something like that. But I think that she would really be really good, you know, and trying to do this on a more um, national basis as far as voter fraud and um, elections and getting with all the secretaries of states to be sure that we are you know, doing it the right way and begin to manage that. I think that I'm not sure which department that she may be over, but I think that she'll be excellent for that. Susan Rice is magnificent for foreign policy. Um, I knew that they would come after her because of the whole Benghazi thing with Hillary. So I, as much as I think that she would have been great, I think that they would have just hit her too much with that to where it would not have been, um, it would have been counterproductive. So um, that probably was why she did not. Well, that's my thoughts behind it. I don't know what the real reason was, but I think that's probably what it is. Um, I mean, I kind of feel like regardless, I mean, I mean, you had to pick a person who would pull in votes, obviously. But I think regardless of who you picked, there's still so many people that could come into a cabinet position where you, you're not really losing anything if one of them doesn't get picked because they could easily be in cabinets and... I mean, I don't know the whole list, but a lot of them were more than qualified. Well, and then here's the other thing. So we have old Fancy Nancy, who I love. Pelosi? (laughs) Pelosi. Okay. Oh, I love Nancy. So Nancy, (laughs) I mean, Nancy, she always says, it's about the Constitution. They're coming against our Constitution, which is not right. And then she plays the long game. Well, she is approaching 80. She's not already 80. I think she's over 80. I think she's right at 80. She's 79 or 80. But regardless, you know, Karen Bass, who's from California, the way that she handled the things with impeachment and everything else, you know, I think that she may have a have potential to be the speaker if Nancy decides to retire at any given time. So I think that um, there's going to be a lot of the good thing about this process, oh, and Keisha Lance Bottoms from Atlanta, she has a very promising career outside of mayor after this is over because when he tried to sue her and she went out there and said, oh, but you're not suing all these other mayors who has the mask law, but you're going to try to sue me. Then he tried to tell her, he tried to do a cease and desist to tell her that she couldn't speak and her husband was like, he should have talked to me. I would have told him that there's <laughs> nothing that you could say to shut her up. <laughs> he said, that's not going to work. So, you know, you have, but you have a lot of very smart women because we have had to pay the tax. Women in general have to pay the tax. Yes. But 
you know, because we have to go the extra mile to be sure that all of our stuff is done, to be sure that we are on top of everything, make sure that we understand everything and that we know we can anticipate what's happening before it happens. They are very good at making things happen that typically, you know, and to thinking ahead. I'm not saying men don't do it because obviously they do because they've been running the country for years. But, you know, there's a lot of good women out there that will do a lot of great things. And I think that it's just our time, you know, especially after we've had 45 in office. It is time for us to stand up. Yeah, I'd say that there has been a slight backshift in uh, at least how much people get away with from uh, going against women. I think it was a lot... It was harder to say dumb things to women or be so aggressive towards women when Obama was in office. I think things were getting a lot more progressive. Now thing, now it's a lot easier, especially if you hop on Fox News or something, to just say something out of nowhere. Well, I mean, and it's obvious that they can do it because look at who you've elected in office. Yeah. Everybody feels very emboldened now to say and do whatever they want to do and to behave in whatever manner that they want to behave. Because I tell you, this whole caring thing is real. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's a good thing to come out of this administration. The uh, <laughs> the acknowledgement of the Karens as a race. <laughs> right. What about Brent? Brent? What about Brent? <laughs> what, what do you mean, Brent? Is that is that what the, the Mr. version of Karen no, is now? I don't know what the Mr. version of Karen it's is. It's definitely not Brent. No, it's not Brent. Brent is coined for spe- specific things. That will never be specified on air, of course. But either way it goes, I just think that it's, you know, a lot of the entitlements that have been out there for years are all coming to the light now. And I can appreciate that because people are so tired of, and it's not, it's not just, you know, black people. It is everybody. I think that, you know, with everybody being in the house and being able to pay more attention to what's going on instead of just their normal daily life, that they've seen a lot of injustices that if it hadn't been for COVID, they probably would not have seen. And this is, if it hasn't affected them, it's affected somebody in their family. And then they have so many people that are mixed race now. Um, them, them young mulattoes. <laughs> yes, whatever they want to call them. But there's a lot of people out there. There's a, young, a, a lot of people that can identify with both races at this point in time. So, you know, the person that you may be vote, the person that is in your demographic may not have, you know, they may be white or they may be black, but their grandchildren are no, are not just black or not just white. Yeah. So they need to take all that into consideration. You know, you're not dealing with the fifties or the sixties where it was more of, you know, you're black, you're black, you're white, you're white. It's not that way anymore. And we all have to get used to that in our society. It is what it is. This is just where we're at. And we have to adapt. And we have to adapt. And these people that are feeling emboldened and feel entitled and overtaken away from them. Well, people have worked very hard to get to these positions. There are people that work very hard and have, you know, done a lot of things good to get to where they're at or else they would not be where they're at today. You know, and it's not just because you're cute. You know, you have to work with that in a lot of cases. So, you know, there's a few out there that get it just because they're cute, but not many. So, you know, shout out to all the women out there that are making it happen. Yeah. 
you know, we, we, we try to, we do our best. <laughs> I just said that the other, never mind. Uh, yeah, uh, as somebody who's grown up with multiple women like that in my life, um, I'm just happy to see more recognition for it. Absolutely. And I keep on adding more women like that in my life. Um, there's, uh, there's someone who works at the company that I was interning at who every time I talk to, she is just, I'm like, no, I'm like, wow, I wish you could meet my mom because you two are literally like, every time you tell me something about your experience, it's almost, I hear the same things from my mom. This is a higher up person in like in a really high position. And, uh, you know, it's just crazy that you hear these, you hear these same things, these same bad things for no reason. And it doesn't matter what industry you work in. I've worked in automotive. I've worked in food. And now I work in pharma. And you still see it no matter what. But people are people no matter what. You know, and only as my one co-worker says all the time, you have to love them where they're at and pray for them. <laughs> and that's what we do. We love them where they're at and we pray for them and I always tell people if I'm attacking I'm not attacking you as a person I'm attacking the issue at hand I'm attacking the problem it has nothing to do with you personally it has to do with managing what has happened that is all you know and trying to get people to understand that you know so after managing people for years you kind of learn all the terminology that has to go along with it and everything else so in the lingo and you just begin to live it and I try to teach that to Jay yeah and whomever else we listen I mean who says I listen sometimes you know sometimes you got you got to bring the hammer down is all I'm going to say occasionally yeah it's okay <laughs> it's what we do I guess I, I try not to bring the hammer I just like to look at people Hit him with a hammer. You can call me Thor. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm going to wrap this up, but I have a couple questions for you, Mom. Yes, sir. Um, so he, I have a, just a crazy question that I like to ask you as a woman. Yes. Uh, not necessarily a black woman, just a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel like the men who allowed women to vote deserve credit? Or do you believe that <laughs> they should be vilified for not having for not having the uh mentality of removing that anyway without people having to protest for it i don't think that they should be vilified for it okay um i just think that you're talking about centuries of women not being counted Mm -hmm. as um being an equal yeah starting out in biblical times because the man the woman technically based off the bible is supposed to submit you want some voice you want some verses no i got them on no, notes no please don't <laughs> please don't it's very hard for me to say <laughs> i keep the note uh, notes on my phone in case i need to bring them out right, so but what i will say is that i don't think that they should be vilified because as with anything you're changing a mentality you're changing a culture it takes time to change a culture mm-hmm. they had years and years and centuries of this being the culture where women were viewed as property. not as property, where they're view, not viewed as equal. So should they be vilified for that? I guess vilified wasn't a good word, but 
I mean, I don't think that they should necessarily be celebrated, but I don't think that they should be. Should they get credit for letting allowing women to vote? Is the only thing that I'm going to say that they deserve credit for was for actually having an open mind to consider it. For changing their mentality. For, for changing their mentality, because yeah. that is probably the hardest thing is when you're changing somebody at their core. You're changing their beliefs. So for the fact that they had the courage mm-hmm. to make that change, I'll give them credit for that. Okay. I'm not going to say, yippee, you guys are just heroes. Absolutely not. But you did have enough... Um, you did think you did actually have enough thought to consider it and to change yourself and changing yourself is the hardest thing that you can do so i'll it's a good answer it's very there's a lot of nuance on the answer no proud thank you <laughs> could i have done that one on um on social media yeah you could have but i don't what? think anybody would ever ask you that question on social media look i'm getting better <laughs> y'all <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, so I'm going to ask you an uh, acromatic question now. This uh, this is about being an acromatic person. Yes. So have, has anyone ever questioned your blackness? All the time. Why? Well, so... Seem like two, one example, one or two examples. I was always told when I was younger that, or why did I speak? Why, why did I sound like I'm white? Mm-hmm. You know, you talk like you're a white person. Why do you talk like that? And I would say, talk like what? I don't understand what you mean. What is the difference between somebody talking like they're white versus talking like they're black? But I would say, what do you mean? What is the difference in somebody speaking like they're white versus speaking like they're black? I don't understand the question. That's what I'm talking about right there. I will always admit to people I'm ebonically challenged. What What do you mean when you say that? So if somebody says something to me that is a slang, mm-hmm. it's a good chance I'm not going to know what they're talking about. Really? In a lot of cases, I, I, I know more now because, you know, I, the different environments I've been in, mm-hmm. but there's a good chance that I may not know it. Yeah. And so somebody will have to explain it to me. Mm-hmm. So um, I do, that is, that's one example for me. Okay. So... <laughs> This, this portion of it comes down to the music that's out there today. So, okay. um, well, Maybe I should ask you about WAP too. Before I no, no, up. no. Don't ask me about that. Okay. But I feel like so much of the music and everything out there now is in an effort to dumb down America or to dumb down black people because we listen to we're listening to the beat oh that beat is banging or whatever the case so whatever people say now they do be banging right so and they are because there'll be times that i'm rocking it out in the car too listening to it wow but <laughs> you can't understand what they're saying you're talking about mumble rap the mumble rap okay you know just things like that they're doing things in order to make us not be as smart Mm-hmm. Or to make, and so you can't even understand people when they're speaking now because they are working so hard to sound yeah. like the ignorance that they're putting on the radio. I've never even thought about that, but you're right. <laughs> so that just is part of it. So back to the original question, that feeds into it for me also because people be like, well, what do you mean you don't know what they're saying? What do you mean you don't understand? Well, I don't because. Number one, I came up with Chuck D and Public Enemy. Okay. 
you know, and Rum did. I could understand everything that they were saying, and they didn't have to make all these sounds in order for their raps to actually rhyme. <laughs> Big Daddy Kane. Yeah, they you just. Know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. So there's a difference to me when I listen to what's happening now versus what's happening then, mm-hmm. and the record executives know that that's what's selling now because people are not interested in being as woke as it was when we were talking about fight the power. Yeah. And, you know, the night of the base heads mm-hmm. or in different things like that, you know, even the message, in the message you know, KRS one and um, boogie down productions and all these different people. So there's a lot that are out there. That's their game has changed so much and it's all in the effort to, to make the smartest race out there. Mm-hmm. Not as smart. So, Part two of my second thing to go along with. I guess I did answer it, huh? Did I answer both? No, that was really just, I mean, I feel like that one led into, that was kind of the same one. If you don't have another example, that's okay. Oh, there's plenty. I just can't think. Well, um, I have another question if you just want to move go on. Go ahead. So, not think about this. Okay. Now, do you feel like or do you have, a, do you feel like you growing up to be, quote, white has given you any benefits? Absolutely. I do. Okay. I feel like it is because I had such a diverse group of friends growing up and I still have a very diverse group of friends. Um, I'm able to work with anybody. I'm able, able to talk with anyone. I'm able to socialize with anyone. I'm able to understand their ideals because I understand it. You know, I grew up in the 80s where I was listening to White Snake and Guns N' Roses and all of that. I can I can karaoke with the best of them. Remember me and Garage Band? Yeah. You mean the sacred rock uh, guitar hero? Guitar hero, about. yes. Yeah. You know, I can sing those songs. You know, so... You know, there. I appreciate the fact of how I grew up because it has helped me tremendously to be able to know both sides, one side sometimes better than the other, but to be able to speak the language of both sides in some cases and to be able to be that liaison Mm -hmm. in between the two. And then... I feel like it has helped me, you know, when somebody may see my name, you know, they might be like, oh, is this another one? But then on the other hand, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with the name Trisha, but most of the time I'm called Trisha. Trisha, yeah. <laughs> um, but, or Teresa. So, but even with all of that, it has helped because people don't feel as, I hate to say this but sometimes people feel threatened just based off of what are they going to get yeah because of this person when they walk in can i be the face of the company can i be the i i have a, a, a department that reports into me of you know 20 people and growing i've had up to 40 people in the in the department you know running more than one site and um you know with that everybody knows who I am they know how I operate they know that they can have a conversation with me they know I handle my business they know you know how meticulous I am about certain things and the people that work for me know 
don't even bring this to her this particular type of way because if, she, if you do she's going to mark it up and you're going to have to do it all over again I've had people that have uh. came to me I help a lot of people with their resumes yeah you know I included <laughs> I've helped a lot of people and there's one person in particular that told his friends you're gonna be pissed off and she's gonna mark that whole resume off in pink but later on down the line when you get that job that's making the type of money that you need to make you're gonna thank her and those people still call me today and say thank you so much miss jackson i've done this i've done that you know i remember you telling me you know take everything that you've learned here and apply that into your future apply it into your school you know, into your papers that you write. So, to go back to what your question was, which was, this <laughs> <laughs> being growing up quote white uh, helped it, you out. Yourself. It has helped me out tremendously because, you know, there's a lot of things that I learned and I've had an advantage to, you know, go to other countries. You know, when I was in high school, I was able to go to Europe. You know, my mom and I went with my class. France. You know, to France, and we were the only ones that were on that class trip. You know, I was one out of three in my graduating class of black people out of, you know, 300, 300 plus people. There was three of us that were black. But like I said, it has really helped me tremendously. So I look at it as being a benefit. You know, are, were there some disadvantages? Absolutely, because I felt like I missed out on some things, you know, not having more of what my father likes to say you and your black experience but, <laughs> <laughs> but I did feel like I missed out on certain things as a result of not having that but professionally it has helped me tremendously and I like having a diverse group of friends that I can relate to and we can go and do things and it's not a put on you know I just I just enjoy that diversity so I am very happy about it and I hope that it helps other people that have had the same advantages. Okay. Well, my last question to you is, on a scale of one to ten, how black do you consider yourself? On what you what you consider black, how black do you consider yourself? And maybe you can just give a synopsis of what you think being black is. I don't you. like that question. Why? Because in my mind, it shouldn't be how black is somebody versus how white is somebody. We are all people. Yeah. You know. There are cultural things mm -hmm. that are different, but just because that is the way that your culture is doesn't mean that my portion of black as a culture is that exact same way see, as your culture of black is. See, as which a is person. which is why I said of what you could give us synopsis of what you consider to be black. I don't feel I had a friend when I was here's a example. I had a friend when I was in college that got mad at me because she asked me where would I buy a home at. And I told her wherever I can get the highest resale value. Huh. Yeah. She got pissed off because she said that I, you know, was prejudiced. And I was like, hey, it could be a black, it could be a black neighborhood that everybody's taking care of everything. You know, it has everything that I need, you know, has the home that I need. There's plenty of places like that in Maryland. That was a trick answer because she'd buy an apartment. It's mm -hmm. because you get an apartment before you got it. I would. I would get an apartment and see where I wanted question, to answer. see where I wanted to live at first. But yeah. just in general, um, I don't think that. Well, this is back when I was in college. We had yeah. this conversation. So 
you know, it wasn't, she wasn't very happy with me. You know, she, she didn't call me any names. I was bougie and I was this, that, and the other. And I was like, yeah, whatever. But my house is going to have a high value. I'll tell you that much. And I laughed about it. But um, just in general, I just think that everybody has their own standard. There's the Jack and Jill yeah. group. There are the, there's the Divine Nine. Some of them are in the, which is the black sororities and fraternities. Some of them are Jack and Jill members. Some of them are high society. Some of them are not so high society. You know, everybody has their circle of where they're comfortable at. Mm -hmm. So does that mean because I may be at this particular circle that you know, I may be hanging out with President Obama or I may be hanging out with Michelle or I may be high up in Washington that that makes me less black. No, it doesn't. I don't think it does. And that's what I'm that's my point. Or does it mean just because I was not raised in the projects or not raised in the hood or, um, you know, wasn't affiliated with all these different things that that makes me less black? doesn't mean if I'm not part of a sorority or fraternity that that makes me less black. No, none of that means anything. I think your blackness is how you define yourself. So 10. So whatever your, yeah, I believe, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable with mine. Yeah. I, I'm completely comfortable. I don't have a zero to 10 because I'm just me. If you don't like it. Well, the, that, then your answer is 10 then. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> my thing is, if you don't like it, you don't agree with it, that's okay. Because you're not paying now one risk and anything that's going on. Well, I only ask because, as you said, you, what people would consider white, what people consider you, but mm -hmm. you've went to uh, HBCU. Mm -hmm. You go, you used to go, I mean, I would say as regularly as going to museum can be to the Black History Museum. Again, I've been to the one in D.C. on a few occasions, and I learn something new all the time. I've been to the Holocaust Museum. Yeah. You know, I find that to be just, I, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy learning about different cultures. I enjoy learning how all these different things tie into each other. Every time you go, you learn something new. I feel like you, you have to invest in knowing your culture and knowing other cultures to fully understand who you are as a person. And understand where you should be going or how you should be going and what others have done in order to get you there. Yeah. You know, so I struggle when I lived in Alabama. When how are we in the home of the civil rights movement and people don't vote? To me, your black card is revoked. So you would be a zero because you choose not to exercise the rights mm -hmm. that people in this particular state have fought for. Yeah. I don't live there anymore, but when I did, that was my thoughts. And I told them as much too. Mm -hmm. When people told me out of I said, You don't vote and you live here? Oh, they got all types of elections. Yeah. I had to give them I had to give them the business that particular day. And a few days afterward, and every time I saw them, they go running in another direction because they knew I was. We were gonna have to have the conversation. Yeah, I mean, when you live in a city, that's that was redlined to hell, honestly, and mm -hmm. people are still living in separate portions of the city. Yes. Yeah. You know, there's places in Louisiana, and well, this is in every city. A lot of the cities in the South where the white side of town was divided from the black side of town by the railroad track. Yeah. You know, and it's a big deal now that they're living on the white side of town that's on the other side of the railroad track. There's something wrong with that. You know, mm -hmm. something wrong with white flight. But now white flight has now become gentrification. Yeah, it's funny. So, <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's so interesting when you look at all of it. But I, I can appreciate, I love what I see out there right now that people are more open. 
to a lot of different things and you know they're just open to integrating and being around different races and you know the diversity that's out there I, I, I think it's great but just to answer your question I own my blackness okay well I you know I asked that question because you as somebody like I said before who would be quote considered growing up white or whatever do so many things within you know the black community, uh, the black experience. I mean, you went to an HBCU, which many black people, I mean, many black people do go, but many also don't. Uh, whenever there's a, whenever there's a wedding or something, guess who's in that Soul Train line? That would be me. <laughs> me going down the line. Always up to the music. That's up right. Up in the R&B. Shake your body down to the ground. Me and my yes. I mean, yes. you have... Honestly, one of the most I want to be so black experiences dancer. and diverse experiences. Um, mm-hmm. At least anybody that I know, I'd say anyway, other than me. I just try to embrace, I just try to enjoy life. Whatever that takes me, I am going down the soul train line. Yes, both of us are. We absolutely are. Can't wait for me to get married so we can start it out. Oh my God. Kick it off. And then we're going to do Morris Day in the Time too. What song? Jungle Love and the Bird. Okay. As long as you put your hands where my eyes can see. Oh, you know that's <laughs> going down. That's my song. But either way it goes. And we have to do some new edition in there too because. All right. Well, <laughs> shout out to new edition and Belle Bib DeVoe. See, there Ricky it is. Bell. There it goes. <sighs> Just love you guys. Well, Mom, thank you for joining me on this, I guess, what has been almost two hours, maybe. I know. I don't know. Brian, we missed you. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I Uh, heard what you said, all by the way, on the first podcast. I was like, okay, Are you coming for him? Nope, I'm not coming for him. Oh, you got lucky. Just say that I recognize, you know, that he's grown now and everything else. But I can't wait to see him the next time. It won't be, you know, a decade. It won't be five years. Five years. Yeah, it won't be five years. (laughs) So it was really good seeing you. Thank you for inviting me, Jay. Yes, thank you for joining me, Mom, and educating. That was very educational, I would say. You may have to do this in two parts. I actually, I'm going to do it in two parts. So (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, I'm going to end that here. Uh, This has been Jay Ham on the uh, Acromatic Podcast. The legend. Okay, thank you. And, uh, you know, this has been Acromatic, and we have been Problematic.